Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Coaching Concierge. And I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, How May I Serve You? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit, and Get Up and Get Fit will be We'll be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Vanessa Wash. Vanessa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. <laughs> it definitely will be. So Vanessa Wash is the founder and owner of On Point Speaking. She helps CEOs, executives, and emerging leaders take control of their careers by sharpening their presentation skills and refining their communication. Vanessa's writing on communication has been featured multiple times in Fast Company. Vanessa has coached clients from many corporations, including ADP, Microsoft, Pfizer, Medtronic, Wells Fargo, Philips, Boston Scientific, 3M, Informatica, Merck, and many more. Wow, Vanessa. As an actor, (laughs) she appeared in a reoccurring role on CBS, The Good Wife, Person of Interest, ABC, In an Instant, as well as many movies and plays. Vanessa holds an MFA from New York University, NYU, earned for her BFA at the University of Minnesota. Vanessa, you are a well accomplished woman. (laughs) You wear many hats. You wear many hats. I feel like I want that introduction every morning. It gets me like really hyped up to go. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, Vanessa, I know you wear many hats. Um, Let's find out a little bit more about you. Give me the too many version of who you are and where you're from. Yes. So, again, my name is Vanessa Wash. I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where okay. the weather is incredibly cold. Last week, I think it was negative 20. Ooh. And I don't know if you've ever felt negative 20 weather before, but you can take a bucket of water and throw it out and it'll just turn into snow right away. So that's Ouch. where I'm from. And after I graduated from college in undergrad, I took a tour out to New York City and I lived there for about 12 years. So I went to grad school out there at NYU, and mm-hmm. after grad school, I went and did a lot of acting work. I did a lot of plays, m- movies, theater, you name it, some voiceover work. And after having that career, I decided I wanted to move back to Minneapolis with my husband, who I met on the East Coast, and he okay. thought Minneapolis was great, even though he's from Maryland. And I'm like, you want to go back where? <laughs> But he wanted to move back to Minneapolis and he convinced me to as well, which ended up being an awesome decision because I wanted to raise my family here. So after being here for a couple of years and starting a communications company, this is where we are today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Vanessa, like, like I just read, you wear many hats um, from being an actress to owning a company. What can't you do? <laughs> what can't you do? It's like it seems like you are a, a jail of all trades. I can tell you something I can't do. I can't craft. I'm very bad at crafts. Really? And my be- my best friends love to craft. They'll do sewing and crochet and they'll make cute things. I don't do any of that. I can't do that. <laughs> I don't craft. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so um, so so Jennifer, tell me about 
growing up in Minneapolis. Okay. Minneapolis is like I said, incredibly cold, but there there's a lot to do here, especially for young people. There's the children's theater, there's the Guthrie, there's a lot of great museums. So it's it's a it's a great city to grow up in because there's a lot of opportunity. But I wanted something bigger and I was so glad I got to experience New York in my 20s because mm -hmm. that's the time to live your life in New York is when you're 20, if you know yes, what I mean. Yes, it is. So <laughs> I, I lived out there and I love New York. I love New York. And New York is, you know, my city and I, I miss it a lot. And I miss the food especially, but I love Minneapolis too. And it's a great place for raising a family. I have two small kids. One is six and the other is three, and they they love it here. Like I said, we have lots to do on the weekends, and it's a good place for family. And, I, you know, I thought about moving to L.A. once upon a time, but it is, I can't do sunshine every day. I, I need variety, yeah. and here you get a lot of variety. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, question, would you say your experience at NYU and being an actress and a voice actor was what equipped you with the tools needed to create your communication um, business? A hundred percent. And when I was in high school, I loved to public speak. I was on the speech team. I was captain of the speech team for two years. I was just okay. a total nerd. And then using those skills going into acting, I think really helps because when you're an actor, you have to study people. And mm -hmm. so you're always looking at about how people communicate, how they use their bodies, how they think about their bodies, how they use, they think about their thinking. So if you're studying all these different characters and if you're embodying different characters, thinking about those things, communication coaching ties in very nicely with that. Mm, so the, you know, I think of acting as a study of people and so is communication. Interesting. So were you a method act actress or were you or did you have or did you play different types of um, I guess structure? I mean, I'm not. That familiar with the acting world? No, no, valid question. <laughs> uh, so, some, so method acting is very much like you wake up in the morning, you're that character, and if you're playing, I don't know, a plumber, you have plumbing tools around you, and you learn how to plumb, and you, that's a method actor. There were some roles where I would start to do some of those things during the day, and I think characters will follow you around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I actually, I'm still acting a little bit. We just did a short film where I'm playing a very mean woman and <laughs> like parts of her started to follow me around a little bit. And I was like, uh -oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think in that sense, it really comes down to the type of character and what yeah. type of play it is. And I, I, I draw from many different methods in my acting life. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com. And schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle.
Understood. So normally when I have interview with um, coaches, I normally ask them what they do in terms of, of more like digressing. Because when you're working with one client, you're spending so much energy with that client. And mm -hmm. afterwards, you have to work with the next client. What do you do? Because um, I know you're, you're actress and you tend to carry some of the roles with you. But do you have a specific technique that you utilize when it comes to di diverting you know, your, your ideas and, and, and your energy that, that you use to work with one client before you transition to the next client? Like, what's, what's your structure? So it's interesting because, as you know, everyone's so different. I work with a lot of people who are introverts. Okay. And their energy is a lot lower. So if I'm coming at them in a session being like, hey, let's go. They're like, I can't do this. I don't like you. <laughs> so you yeah. have to tone down your energy a little bit, depending on who you're working with. But there are other people who are really high energy and then I have to match their energy in a coaching session. So once mm. that ends, I have to walk away from my computer. I got to get up. I, I usually will go. I work from home now. I've got a home office. Okay. But I will go. I will get up. I'll walk around. Sometimes if it's nice outside and not negative 20, I will go take a walk around the block. Sometimes I'll go to the gym. And when I say go, now you're going to, you know, Mr. Fitness here. <laughs> I'm not going when to I go to the gym, I will get on the elliptical for like 10 minutes. And then I go in the hot tub because that's what I like to do to digress. Okay. But if you have any tips, because I'm going to call you Mr. Fitness, I would love to hear because I know that you have a niche for this too. Yeah. So my, my thing is I'm more of a lifestyle person, right? Mm -hmm. um, whatever you could do to increase your personal well-being, go for it. It could be as simple as walk away from your computer, like you just mentioned, right? Um, listen to some positive music, whatever whatever tools or whatever whatever you know, things are, that, that you could implement into your your current lifestyle that's going to benefit you so i'm not even though i love the gym but i'm not a gym buff i'm not you know all about the gym i'm more, more about holistic lifestyle you know you know it's interesting that you mentioned music that's something i often love and it only happens when i'm in the car like okay. if i go pick up my kids i'll turn on music and, you know, I love pop music or, I, you know, I listen, listen to the jazz station, too. Okay. So I forget about that in my work life and I, that I should be turning that on in between sessions. Maybe I'll start to implement that. Thank you. It definitely helps. It definitely helps. Because when you listen to music, what happens? You, you draw your attention from yourself and you go into that music. You become one with the music. Right. So it really helps to pull you out of your, your self-awareness. <laughs> and it helps you pull yourself out of moods, too. Yeah. I mean, like if something happens to you or you're getting inundated with emails, calls, texts, you know, there, there are hours in the day where you just get crazy communication, not just from clients, but just from other aspects of the business. So then you have to just decompress. And I yeah, that's a good thing. I have to remember that changes your mood quickly definitely does definitely does so why did you get into coaching in the first place you know I, I, the reason why and this is going to sound cliche but I really like to help people and I okay. like to help people succeed when my clients come to me and they say I hate public speaking it is the bane of my existence it's the one thing from getting me promoted it pains me because I'm saying it doesn't have to be like that I don't want that for you so when you get to see somebody flourish and go from, I hate doing this to, I get to do this, mm. here we go, I want to do that presentation, that feeds me. It feeds my soul. It just really fills my bucket because I like to watch other people take the skills, use them, and just flourish. That it gives me so much joy. So 
to answer your question, I got into it because I was helping somebody with one of their speeches. And I thought, okay. you know, I wonder if I could just do this as a career because it's fun and I like to do it. And so that's kind of what happened. And you're good at it. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> People keep hiring me, so I guess I got something going on. <laughs> there you go. So, um, Vanessa, I actually had a an experience for a long time where I struggled with public speaking because um when I when I was younger, I had a bit of a speech impediment, right? And I used to get extremely, extremely nervous and even stage fright um when it came to public speaking. So I battled I battled with that for a long time. So when you mentioned um the mindset is so so important. Like when I when I changed my mindset, I was able to. I still I still dealt with the the fright, right, and the anxiety, but I was able to get past it. So, what tips do you provide or do you share with your clients who have the same type of you know the same type of situation um, that I experienced, right? The same type of phobia when it comes to public speaking. Um, how do you help them to get out of this shell, out, out of the, the shell and go through the next step? You know, it's such a common fear. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but people would rather die than public speak. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it pains me because it doesn't have to be that way. But there are, I always say to my clients, I, I'm never going to tell you, you're never going to be nervous again, because that's simply not true. I've been public speaking most of my adult life. I've been an actor my whole life. And I still get nervous. It's not about taking the nerves away. It's about managing them. So mm. how do you manage your nerves? And what I like to say, make friends with your nerves. Mm, okay. A lot of it comes down to how we talk to ourselves. And that, you know, it, it sounds silly, but it's true. How do we actually talk to ourselves and change the mindset? Now, there are other mechanical things you can do, like diaphragmatic breathing really helps reduce tension, anxiety. But in terms of mindset, so I'd say it's a balance of both. Are you breathing at a way that makes you feel relaxed and not mm. as nervous? So that's the mechanics. And then how you're speaking to yourself. I read this great book that talks about how to talk to yourself in the third person. You know, and sports players do this all the time. Now, I'm not a big sports person, so I'm probably going to get this wrong. But like LeBron James, like after a, a game, he'll get interviewed. He'll be like, he'll talk about himself in the third person. He'll say, oh, yeah. And I said to myself, LeBron, get it together. If you use your name, that somehow tripwires your brain into relaxing yourself even more. Mm, so, yeah, it's about saying, okay, I'm nervous. If you, if you go into a presentation and you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm nervous, stop being nervous, stop being nervous, stop being nervous, what are you going to do? Get really nervous. <laughs> but yeah. if you start to say, okay, Vanessa, you've been here before, you know how to do this, you're going to be okay, and start talking to yourself in the third person it kind of removes the situation a little bit. And we do this all the time on a day-to-day -day basis, but that mindset really does change in how we talk to ourselves. You know what? You are absolutely right because I've done keynotes, um, spe speeches, and I did the same thing. I focused on my positive self-talk and I did realize my name, all right? I did. You did. Myself, TJ, you got this. Calm down. You've been here before, all right? This, this speech is for... The audience is not for you. You're serving the audience. So all of these tips you just mentioned does work because I've realized these tips before, you know, so. And for something that you just said too is so, so often we're worried about, well, how am I going to come across? Do I look okay? Do I have all my notes? What's go me, 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 me. 
But then if you start to focus on, no, I need to share this information with my audience. It's important for them to know this. Yes, it takes the focus a little bit off of you. So that's a good tip too. Awesome. Awesome. There we go. So Vanessa, there are many different types of coaches. I know you are, you know, you big on public speaking and, and communication. What's your coaching style when you work with the clients? Um, how would you describe your coaching style? I'm so much of an observer because okay. what I'm looking at is it's funny because going back to acting, we had an acting teacher back at school and they would watch your scene and they would be able to tell the first two lines. They'd be like, I know what I want to do with you. I know what's wrong with your acting. Wow. <laughs> and so now I'm at a point in my coaching where I interview people to see how they organize their thinking how they're using their body language, all the subtleties behind communication. So in about two to three minutes, I usually go, ah, I know what I'm going to do with you. <laughs> so I like to think of myself as a very observational coaching style. Now, that being said, I'm also a very naturally positive person and I love to encourage people. Okay. And so I feel like I have a lot of positivity and encouragement to offer. I never like to, it's, it's so easy. And I'm sure you will attest to this too. It's so easy as a coach to say, oh, this is what's wrong, this is what's wrong, this is what's wrong. And so I always make sure to say, okay, this is what's working for you right now. These are the things that are to your strengths. Mm -hmm. But then what are some of your opportunities that we can work on? I never say your I like weaknesses. That. Yeah. I like that. What is Weakness? the opportunities? Yeah, what are your opportunities? Because if you say your weaknesses, you go, oh, I don't want to talk about, no one wants to talk about their weaknesses. I want to talk about an opportunity. Mm. Mm. You know what, Vanessa? I'm going to have to borrow that. <laughs> what is the opportunity? Because you're right. And you, you're right. Also, as a coach, you have to highlight the strengths first, right? You highlight the strengths. You get the, the um, your, your clients, um, you know, motivated and in the mood. And then afterwards, you dive deeper into finding out, like you said, the opportunities, right? So that's a great, great coaching tip right there. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, I mean, I, I learned that most of communication, right, has to do with your body language, right? Mm -hmm. Like eight percent of communication is is body language. Is this correct? Yeah. Oh, completely. A lot. Okay. I mean, that's why you know the pandemic has been so bizarre because now we're getting to meetings where people go off camera, mm -hmm. and you get less of the communication. Where you and I right now can see each other, so I get a lot more of your communication. You get a lot more of my communication. And body language has a lot to do with it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So when you're working with a client that's uh, that's stiff, right? How do you get them to move around and to you know, utilize their hands and smile and use the facial facial muscles? I will tell I will tell you this right now. I'm never a coach that will say you should be power posing or you okay. need to be gesturing like this because it doesn't <laughs> work, right? And I really think that you can't be robotic. Because mm -hmm. if you plan your gestures, you're going to look weird. I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. If I were to plan my gesture, this is what would happen. I grew my sales last year exponentially. <laughs> look weird, right? Because I did it after the thought. It's not authentic. It doesn't work. Yeah. So what I get them to do is I have a conversation with them to see how they start to gesture naturally. We always want it to be authentic to the person. And then I'll teach them some ideas around gestures, but it always has to be the way they do it. Mm. So once they start to learn that they can gesture, I say I usually say the term permission to gesture. 
is a lot of times people will try to gesture and it kind of comes up and then it goes away. So it's I call it like a half looking. gesture. So <laughs> I always say, if you feel it, come play, let it come play. Cause then it will relieve your audience too. Mm. So getting people to move, I try to go start from their authentic baseline and we build it up slowly from there. So they have confidence at the end to start to gesture. Mm. You are on point. Look at you. <laughs> <You're> on point. <laughs> so if someone were looking for a coach, right? They're in the yeah. discovery process. What traits would you advise for them to look for? Big one for me. And I do this when I look for coaches for myself. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a personal trainer. Maybe it's a life coach, you know, therapist. When, when I'm looking for somebody, I always look at, do they practice what they preach? Mm, Meaning, I always try to say, okay, I'm not perfect in my communication. I am always working on my communication, even though I'm a coach. So I am always practicing what I'm preaching. Do I, am I still working on this? Am I still working on this? Yes, absolutely. No one's perfect. But the other thing I really look for in a coach is, can they listen to me and do they understand me? Will Do they really understand my problem and what my goals are? And if they can't repeat my goals and my problem back to me and I feel like they just don't get me as a person, I don't really see that's a good fit. You have to like the person you're going to be spending time with. Yes, no, you're absolutely correct. You know, I've worked with so many different coaches in the past. Some of them not so good and some amazing coaches. And from my experience with working with all these um, different coaches, it allowed me to really understand what type of coach I would like to work with, right? Helping to understand the coaching style and also allowed me to create this uh, podcast to interview other coaches, you know, to highlight the stories and allow me to ask them the right questions. <laughs> so um, so it, it's, you're absolutely right. You have to um, really, really, you know, sometimes you just have to listen listen and observe and really find out if this person is really there for you. Mm -hmm. And it's also how you make them feel at the end. It's like, I, I hope my hope is that after people have a session with me, they go away feeling positive, jazzed, excited to implement skills, as opposed to, I feel bad about myself. I'm never going to be able to do this. That's not what I want. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of your clients Feel that about you when you coach them that they walk away feeling you know i feel better today that's that's the idea yeah definitely you know and you're you're definitely right your own point comes to that so um vanessa this part of the podcast is one of my favorite part because it's storytelling time now i want you to tell us a two to three minute short story about a time where you realize your coaching style to help elevate one of the clients out of their discomfort towards success Oh, can I, I'm going to split it up into two quick stories. Go for it. Okay. Uh, early on in my career, I was working with this lawyer and she was very young. She was 27 and just became partner at a law firm in New York. Okay. This is a brilliant woman. So when she came to see me, the reason why she came is because she said, people aren't taking me seriously. And she was gesturing like this. So she'd be like, well, what we need to do is we need to be doing, and I, it's like you can't hear anything she's saying because her gestures were all over the place. And she's like, Vanessa, if I don't fix this, I can't, I, I can't get clients. I can't get this firm to take me seriously, even though it's all right here. Mm -hmm. So after working with her, we got her from literally talking like this. And even with her voice would be like, hello, my name is so-and-so. And this is what we're going to be doing with the law today. And it's like, oh, okay, we need to fix a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot happening. 
So we fine-tuned all that energy. And finally, at the end, it was like a brand new woman had come into the room. But it was yeah. like still her. It's like she went from being a girl to a woman mm. in a matter of, I don't know, a couple hours. And, but it was still her. And that was important to me is that it's authentic to her and it's natural to her. But she just didn't realize what was happening. So a lot of it comes down to self-awareness. And when, when you show somebody, because we do a lot of recording and playback. So when you show somebody saying, this is what I see, what do you see? She got to see a different side of her. And mm. that was really important to me and also really cool because you get to discover something about yourself. Okay, I'll tell you one more story. So my other story is I was working with this woman who got some pretty harsh feedback around her communication. Okay. They were saying she's too negative, that she's always Debbie Downer, that she, and this woman, when I started working with her, I'm like, I don't get it because I think you're great. But I realized she just has a very dry sense of humor. And having lived on the East Coast, I'm very sarcastic myself okay. in my humor. So I'm like, oh, I get you, but we, we're going to figure this out. So after working with her and helping her message to other people and their communication styles, she got an award on communication after wow. getting that feedback. So that okay. was just so awesome. And I love hearing those stories. And when clients tell me, oh, I had a great presentation or, oh, I got promoted or they're all good. But those are two of my favorites. Those are two great stories right there. Two great stories. You help basically help to transform both of these um, women's lives, right? The first, the first one, I mean, it's funny when a person first see you, right? Their perception of you is their first observation. So it makes sense when you help to transform this lady from gesturing and using her hand to, to, to communicate, to calm her down and being in tune. <laughs> that's that's a big difference it's a it's a, a, it's a transformation it's like a it's like a butterfly comes out yeah. you know it's so yeah, cool it's metamorphosis it, it is metamorphosis is. right there you know yeah. because when you when you move it around you look a bit erratic you look up you look you look like you're not sure of what you're saying you look like you're nervous to calming her down where she's able to speak and be in one place I'm very so I'm very um visual. So as you tell me these stories, I'm just picturing my mind. I'm 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 watching I'm watching this play out in my head. And I'm just fascinated. I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome right there. That's awesome. And you know what else is interesting is everybody's got a different communication style. That's and they amazing. should. There's only one you. You might as well use you because you're great. There's only one you. And I think when other people try to mimic or imitate other communication styles, it never looks good on them. Unless they're a really good actor, but it, most of us people, what I call civilians, we can't mimic that. So I had another client, he was, you know, at broke another broker at a law firm. He was saying, you know, my partner, he's this great big storyteller. And he always gets the room laughing and that's just not me. And I said, well, then don't do that <laughs> because if that's not you, you don't have to be like that. You can, you can say, look at Greg, Greg or whatever his name is is the great storyteller, but I'm the one who's really going to keep it down and here for you. Mm. And that's what people are going to like about you because you're not trying to be him. Let him be him. Be and I think that that's really important. Yes, indeed. Awesome right there. So, um, Vanessa, what drives you? What drives me? Yeah. Definitely helping people. My family, keeping a roof over my head. <laughs> but also, I just have a, a passion for stories. I like hearing people's stories. And I also like learning about things that 
I would never think would make me curious. Mm. So like when I was an actor, you would study a character who I don't know is a designer. Like I'm not a designer, but then I'd learn about designing and I get to have that in my tool bucket and I become knowledgeable about it. Yeah. But like when I work with clients and tech companies, I have no idea what they do all day long. I'm like, you did what? And they're like, oh, we connected the XYZ to the LMNOP. And I'm going, well, that's cool. Tell me about it. And I get to learn about clients. So I guess when it boils down to it, it's really my curiosity about people and what they do and stuff that really drives me. Awesome idea. Awesome. Okay. So Vanessa, you know, I love your energy. You know, I, I love everything that you do. You're, you know, you're authentic. I mean, I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at reading people, you know. Um, and the way you come across, you come across as a person that's looking to help others, right? So with that being said, if someone were looking to connect with you, where can they find you? They can go to my website, onpointspeaking.com, and you can schedule a consultation. We can just talk so it can learn about your goals, learn about you, what you're looking for. And that's the best way to contact me or through LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. And, and the fact that you have your your skills as as an actress and and just yeah, you have so, you have so many skills in your tool belt, right? Because I, I never thought about or thought of an actress being a, a, a communication you know, specialist, but now I see how, how it makes sense, right? As I play this in my mind, it makes sense. No, it's confusing. I know I can totally get why you wouldn't put, mo and sometimes people in the corporate world will be like, I, how do you do business? Because acting is, and it, like acting is its own business. It's just not a, what most people would think was be a business. But yeah, the connection it takes a couple dots to get there. But once they yeah, see but it, it's perfect know. though. But it makes sense because you're 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 experienced. You have to put yourself in in another person's um you know um point of view, and so it makes sense. It's like a perfect perfect background <laughs> for that specific coaching, you know. So wow, wow. So trust me, keep keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you do what you're doing. Well, thank um, you. So I'm curious. Um, yeah, go ahead. Vanessa, I'm going to ask you one last question before okay. we end up, okay? I'm ready. And that is, how may I serve you? That is a wow, that took me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost arrested by that. You know, I would love just Thomas to stay in touch, honestly. I think that you have such a good energy and you want to help other people. I love the mission of your company. I love what you're doing for Cambodia. I would love to be a part of that. And I don't know how I can do that. So our relationship will be you serving me. Awesome. Awesome. Can I ask so, you a question? Huh? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Of course. How may I serve you? Oh, wow. Wow. That's a great, great question. You know, first thing, let's keep in contact. No, because like I said, I love your energy. Um, and I know you could, you can help so many people because of your background and what you just demonstrated on this podcast interview is showing that you are equipped with the tools that will literally help a lot of people like especially people that had the same that are going through the same experience right the same situation that i experienced when i was younger right the the stage fright not being able to articulate myself well um i've been there and i understand the trauma behind that right 
So let's keep it, let's keep in communication. Let's stay in contact. You're my person now. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> there we go. All right. So to all of our viewers and listeners, thanks for lending us your ears and your eyeballs. Okay. So until next time, this is the How May I Serve You podcast. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode. We're out. Much love. Thank you.